how did the coronavirus 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 spread so quickly hello my name is patrick and welcome to the fourth episode of the Roaring 2020s podcast. COVID-19. It's a phrase that you've probably heard a lot over the past few weeks. Global cases rising above 650,000 with more than 30,000 dead. In Italy, nearly 800 people have died within the last 24 hours. The WHO declares the coronavirus a global public health emergency. It's taken the world by storm. What was once a simple coronavirus taught to affect a few unfortunate souls in Wuhan has now spread across the entire globe, affecting millions of people on every continent. You get better before you get worse. The fever's up to 40 degrees. It's not an exaggeration to feel like you've been in a car crash. I felt like I was 80 years old. What's even scarier is what we don't know about the virus. Can people get it twice? Does its mutations make the disease worse? How many people can it spread to, even if a person doesn't show symptoms? With the world being brought to a standstill with this modern pandemic, we need to figure out what we do know and what we must find out. In the first part of a new series called Our Current Climate, we tackled the coronavirus disease, COVID-19. First December 2019. There are unusual cases of pneumonia discovered by a group of doctors in the Hunan province of China. A food market in the center of Wuhan is found to be the source of something deadly. The doctors tried to tell us, but at the cost of their liberty, and in the case of Dr. Li Wang Liang, his life. And now we're stuck in the middle of a crisis with millions infected and hundreds of thousands killed. Viruses take many different forms. Its basic structure is one or two strands of nucleic acid surrounded by a protein capsule. Sometimes these capsules are contained within a protective lipid membrane. Coronaviruses, so called for their crown like shape, Similar microscopic appearance are responsible for many diseases, from the common cold, severe acute respiratory syndrome, and Middle East respiratory syndrome, SARS and MERS. 
SARS-CoV-2 is the virus that causes Unlike other coronaviruses, SARS-CoV-2 is a relatively new virus, which we are still trying to learn more about. Hundreds of research papers are published every day with new findings and information about COVID-19 and how we can tackle it. COVID-19 is so deadly, not only because of what we know about it, but what we don't know. It took 24 days for the number of coronavirus cases to pass 1,000. By the end of January, they had surpassed 10,000. At the start of March, we saw our 100th thousand case. And now, over 10 million. To say that COVID-19 is a pandemic is an understatement. The number of cases reflects the global scale of this issue. We know that it can spread either through human-to-human contact or by people touching infected surfaces. Symptoms include a cough or cold, fever, sneezing, or a sore throat in mild cases, with shortness of breath or lack of taste or smell in people with moderate to severe COVID cases. While it is possible to be asymptomatic and still spread the disease, most people won't develop severe symptoms. Of the 11.7 million cases that have currently been reported, only 540,000 people have died. While this is not an insignificant number, it does highlight the low mortality rates of COVID-19. However, we shouldn't be complacent, especially now that lockdown restrictions are easing across some parts of the world. Those who are older or have underlying medical conditions are still at a higher risk of dying from COVID-19, and case numbers have been on the rise in places where prevention measures have been relaxed. Part 1. Italy With a life expectancy of 83 years and an elderly population second only to Japan, the coronavirus spread through Italy like a wildfire. Even with the hardest hit cities locked down in February and the whole country in March, case numbers continued to skyrocket. April saw the highest number of active cases, with over 100,000 people affected with the virus. And even though they managed to control the spread, 35,000 people died to this dreadful disease. Of those who lost their lives, the majority were over 60 years old. This devastation was felt in the district of Lombardy the most, with towns like Bergamo suffering heavily from this pandemic. As of late June, Lombardy accounted for 41% of Italy's COVID-19 cases, and the region was devastated by this disease. Everything happened so fast, and so in really like two weeks' time, we found ourselves in the middle of this pandemic. Every 
family in Bergamo lost someone because of this virus, so there was, there was a deep sense of sadness. It's a, a massive, uh, massive strength for, for uh, every health system because we see every day 50 to 60 patients who come to our emergency department of pneumonia and most of them are so severe they, they need a very high FiO2 of oxygen. Italy was the canary in the coal mine. While Italians did their best to soften the impact of COVID and communities came together in solidarity and in a united front against SARS-CoV-2, nothing can prevent the prevalence of the virus in the country. Italy signals to other European countries how to handle COVID-19. Limit movement and travel. Keep inside for as long as possible. Ensure that social distancing is standard across the country and be prepared for a significant number of hospital patients. Part two, Ireland and the UK. The main reason I want to highlight both Ireland and the UK in this section is twofold. First, Ireland and the United Kingdom had similar case numbers at the beginning of the outbreak. And given their long and intermingled history, I feel that they are an appropriate two countries to compare in the COVID response. Secondly, I want to highlight an amazing Twitter thread by Elaine Doyle, which gives a more detailed analysis of how both countries have dealt with the virus and their case numbers as a result. I've based some of my remarks in this part of the podcast on her thread and the subsequent Twitter discussion, so please check it out in the show notes. The difference between the two countries' responses is almost night and day. While Ireland was closing down pubs and cancelling St. Patrick's Day celebrations, the UK continued to allow concerts to go ahead. Ireland closed its schools on the 12th, 11 days before the UK did the same thing. While there was a clear and broad directive for dealing with the coronavirus in the Republic, many in the UK felt that Westminster Parliament was unclear and unsure of what direction they were taking with COVID-19. And it shows in the case numbers. The UK has a higher population than Ireland, and Ireland has a higher proportion of infections compared to its total population. However, Ireland has a lower percentage of COVID-related deaths compared to Britain, and a much lower proportion of coronavirus deaths to total coronavirus cases. The UK proportion is higher than what has been recorded in other European countries. As a matter of fact, 29,000 427 people in the UK have now lost their lives to this dreadful virus. That's now the highest number in Europe. It's the second highest in the world. This is not to say that the UK was terrible at dealing with the virus. Doctors, nurses, paramedics and other health workers were crucial in ensuring that those infected didn't die, including the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson and both the NHS in England and the HSC in Ireland were excellent in informing people about the dangers of the coronavirus, both a disease that has ravaged cities and nations 
every moment matters. And the longer you wait to take action, the more people that will suffer. This is shown in case results, and this is reflected every place where quick and effective action has not taken place. Part 3. The United States. America. Land of the free. Home of McDonald's. The dream. And many, many evangelists. Because we In have... In the name of Jesus! Oh, thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. Oh, I execute judgment on you, oh. Satan, you destroyer, you killer, you get out, you break your power, you get off this nation. I demand Amen. judgment on you. I demand, oh. I demand, I demand. In any case, as of July the 10th, 2020, there were 3,167,984 positive cases and 126,444 deaths due to COVID-19. There are so many people suffering in the US. How are the Americans handling this virus? It's been an interesting response with mixed success. I think I can safely say that the positive outcomes of the US response to the coronavirus has happened in spite of federal government leadership. There are so many things I could say about what Trump has said about the virus and how flippant he's been with his comments on COVID-19, but I think their absurdity speaks for itself. Because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. People die from the flu. And this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. Uh, but uh, we have it so well under control. I mean, view this the same as the flu. When somebody sneezes, I mean, I try and bail out as much as possible. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. You know, we have thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that get better just by you know, sitting around and even going to work. Some of them go to work, but they get better. Then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? It's hard to believe the numbers we're seeing. What was just a single death and a foreign epidemic four months ago became 130,000 deaths. Like many other countries, the USA took precautions to stop the spread of COVID-19 through their borders. They blocked off travel to and from China and the EU, closed public schools, and declared a national emergency on March 13th, once the virus became a serious issue in the States. However, the lack of coordination between federal and state governments got in the way of ensuring public safety. Systems that were designed to stop tyrannical control of the US's citizens 
also prevented the country from forming a united front against SARS-CoV-2. A leader more concerned with campaigning than directing bolstered skeptics and nationalists to disobey coronavirus guidelines and relaxed, short-lived social distancing rules have caused a record 30,000 new infections in recent days. With talks of reopening schools and some states seeing case numbers higher than their original peaks, it's undeniable that the U.S. underestimated what the virus would do to the country. The real question is, is there anything they can do to stop it? The biggest thing that governments can do is to test, trace, and isolate. It's clear that aggressive testing programs, such as the ones that we've seen in South Korea, Hong Kong, and Singapore, are necessary to preventing COVID spread. Data from these countries show that despite high numbers during the early stages of the outbreak, these areas have managed to flatten and crush the curve, allowing them to reduce lockdown lengths and prevent major economic damage. Both Hong Kong and South Korea learned from the previous MERS and SARS outbreaks and set up systems that were crucial in their rapid responses to COVID-19. Creating coronavirus tracking apps will also be a huge help in slowing the virus's spread. Almost 40% of people own a smartphone worldwide, so an app that can track people's movements and symptoms can help us to get precise tests carried out. This can be done alongside manual contact tracing, which will ensure that infected individuals are identified as soon as possible. Healthy people can continue with their lives as normal, unless resources are used in the process. We also need to provide good social programs to prevent livelihood loss. Government support through furlough schemes and tax relief can reduce the impact that we have to face due to the virus. And what about us, the regular folk? What can we do? The same things we've been told to do from the start. Clean your hands regularly, either by using hand sanitizer or washing them. When washing your hands, do it for 20 seconds. Uh, for the length of time it takes to sing happy birthday twice. Or if you're a Killers fan, Jealousy, turning saints into the sea, swimming through sick lullabies, choking on your alibis, but it's just the price I pay, destiny is calling me. Open up my eager eyes Cause I'm Mr. Brightside Stay two meters away from others when outside as much as possible. Wear face covering when out and about, especially where you can't social distance. And avoid non-essential travel and stay home. We've gotten through the worst of it, so let's work together and we can survive this.
Thank you for listening to the Roaring 2020s podcast. I tried something a little bit different for this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. Until next time, my name is Patrick. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and I'll talk to you again soon.